internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel to telecommuting from home to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Kimberly Rinaldi, Stephanie Dumont and Robin Boyd and we've got a great show today because we are going to talk about mindset and mindset is so important because you guys, the biggest battles I have are in my own mind and I'm going to go to Stephanie first because have you ever had that battle of your own mind? Um, you know, it's we're human. So yes, I have definitely had a battle in my own mind. You know, I was thinking about a couple different things for the show today. And with myself, I'm always kind of pushing myself to uh, push past fear and to overcome fear. Um, I'm married to a man that likes adventure. And um, we, we're going to get ready to go on a vacation. We're going to go do some exciting things. And so um, I work with myself in my mind to overcome fear, um, you know, perhaps for things I've never done before or for things that I know are going to challenge me, you know, not only physically, but mentally, psychologically, and emotionally. So um, I just really, you know, a mindset is an enormous part of that, having a growth mindset specifically. Um, and so what I do is kind of just befriend myself. Um, I ease into it. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about today, we were a couple summers ago, we went cliff jumping for the first wow. time. Yeah. So when we even got to the site, um, you know, my kids and my husband went over to this big, giant kind of mountainous rock where they were going to jump. And I stayed back for a little bit. And I sat kind of on the stone before it. And I wanted to observe. I wanted to just sit there without any pressure. My husband didn't pressure me. He knew I had to kind of feel it out and check it out. And I just wanted to sit there and observe and first see if I even wanted to do it. You know, so... <laughs> Because <laughs> right, do I want? Right. To, I, I, mean, I just laugh about that because I'd be like, Whoa! "Will they survive?" You send them off first. Who survives? There you go. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I had to see if I even wanted to do it first, and um, and then as I sat there, some thoughts started coming into my head, and the first thought was, "Yeah, I think I want to do this." So, um, I think it's really important that we check in with ourselves in regards to mindset. You know, it's a, it's a set, it's an attitude that we have. And, um, so the way that I do mine is I befriend that little inner voice and, um, kind of look at, you know, what it wants to do. And so slowing down, I think is a really big part of having a growth mindset. Ladies, what do you think? You know, it's Kimberly here. And honestly, from a behavioral perspective, when you look at how the human brain works, it doesn't know the difference between perceived and real. Think about yeah. some of those really vivid dreams you've had. And if you've been married and 
sleeping next to your significant other and woken up having an angry dream and being really legitimately pissed off still. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Your mind, your body doesn't know the difference. So it becomes a huge thing. Um, Right now, and I'll just, I'll share very briefly, but I'm going through sort of the Schrodinger's cancer diagnosis right now. I have a tumor and it's, it, we found it because I had an accident. We would not have found it if not for the accident. I'm a huge believer in everything for a wow. reason. But we cannot follow up on it because of where it is and the damage to the bone that we're looking at with any type of anything other than managing it with MRIs. <clears throat> we're making sure it doesn't grow. So I essentially wow. have Schrodinger's cancer right now is what I keep saying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so... I, and I was trying to explain to my family who immediately, oh, my God, we're going to pray for you. And it's horrible and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. I have it and I don't. Until I have a <laughs> diagnosis, there's no point in worrying about it. In August, we get the final decision because we've done, this will be the third MRI. If I have no growth, then we start looking at how I can resolve the damage to the bone. But I I keep going back to, am I really at peace with this? But I've spent, I'm 52, I've spent the better part of my life learning about behavior. I'm not going to spin on something that doesn't exist and put energy into it if it doesn't exist. There's no point to it. So understanding that your mindset has everything to do, number one, with outcomes. Um, And then there was a quote that I painted on my wall, and I forget, I think it's Tennyson. It's some of the hurts I've cured and the sharpest I still have survived, but with torments of grief I've endured from the evils which never arrived. That's what I try and remind people. We put all kinds of energy into worrying about crap that not, but I mean, most of the time never comes to pass. Yep. Let's start putting that energy into better things. Stop wasting that energy. Wow. That's, that's my stand on it, Robin, if you want to jump in here. <laughs> I agree with you, uh, Kimberly, in that mind, there, you hear mind over matter all the time. That's mm-hmm. not a frivolous statement. Um, I had read, I did go through cancer, and uh, one of the books that I got from our hospital was um, just that, a mindset, and it put you in a mindset to be positive. It gave you this little alliteration of little soldiers in your body having mm-hmm. to fight the, the things that needed to be fought. So by putting that mind, uh, positive mindset and controlling what you can, let the medicine and let the rest of your body do what it had to do. Um, it's, it's so powerful. And th- the fact that there was scientific study behind this made it so much more uh, credible. You would want to think that our intuition, our, 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 uh, you know, you ever so often you get that little voice in the back of your head saying, mm-hmm. I don't know, this is something's not right. I don't know. Yeah. But there's more to it than than just that that little um, intuition. There's a lot to be said for a strong mind and and making things happen. Well, yeah, guys, 30 years ago, like you can see my wonderful scar, like looks like a head to head transplant. Um, I had a tumor and part of the treatment was 
uh, I had this doctor from the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, and he had me imagine space invaders, you know, because I was a kid, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he's like, imagine the spaceships, you know, hitting your throat, hitting your neck area, and so every day we did all this you know, I thought it was playtime and so did my parents. But now when you look and see what the mind body mm-hmm. connection is, he had mm-hmm. this space invaders, you know, shooting the, 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 yeah. the cancer. Yeah. So, you know, we know a lot more today. I think it's yeah. readily accepted today, the power of the mindset. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I interviewed, um, Dr. Turner. She wrote a book, uh, basically it's, about what we call miraculous healing, but in healthcare, it's it's been correlated down to there are nine commonalities in what we call miraculous healings. Seven of them are mindset based. Mm-hmm. Two of them yeah. are based in nutrition mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. care. There you go. What's that Seven called, them, Kimberly? It, it is oh gosh, uh, Dr. Turner, and it is. I'm gonna draw a blank. Go on Google. <laughs> go Google. Yeah. Let, let me Google that for you. Okay. Um, it, it, but it's, I've got a copy of it here. I'll dig it up at some point during this conversation and let you know. But it's seven of these commonalities have nothing to do with the physical, tangible mm-hmm. realm. Mm-hmm. It's support. It's belief. It's what you're doing on the inside. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, first of all, I love the way you sound when you talk about this. Because I know you're going to beat it. I can just tell by the way you're approaching it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember I was in a difficult situation. Um, It was 1997, and I got a pretty heavy-duty diagnosis of something called ulcerative colitis. I don't know if you've heard of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it's pretty frightening. And back at that time, they didn't know much about it. And I remember after hearing it, I was like, okay, so, you know, if my body created this, it can also repair it. And that was my initial thought. Hmm. Um, and, and I think that's somewhere we need to go in regards to, you know, something pops up and, you know, it's out of balance is um, I've got this. Um, I can handle this. I can influence this um, and that everything is going to be okay. Um, you know, uh, Wayne Dyer, I think when Wayne Dyer got his, um, when he was dealing with cancer himself, he said, uh, you know, it's not the cancer that kills people, it's the diagnosis. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, it really is about, uh, it, it's like it's creating a plan and it's about feeling good, like finding as much joy as you can and not just thinking that you want to be happy and thinking that you want to be joyful, but actually participating in experiences that make you feel joyful. Well, because I think that's the hard part. You know, when you get a, a diagnosis, it's frightening. It's scary. And right. you know, so what do you do? You know, like for me, whenever I have bad news, you know, I have a playlist on Spotify. I have a couple of my happy lists that I can't help but not like feel good, get up and dance. And I have probably 12 or 15 go-to movies. Like one of them's Happy Gilmore. I mean, how dumb is that? But, you know, it always makes me laugh. I can't even say the Happy Gilmore without, you know, laughing. And, and it's great. 
you know, because you, I don't think it's willpower. Like I think the era Mm. of willpower I'm hoping is over, whether it's for diet, whether it's for behavioral change, because willpower lets us down. We get tired, hungry, we get whatever. And if we're relying on willpower alone, I know I'm going to fail. What do you guys turn to? I'm going to go to, let's go to Kimberly. What do you turn to, to change your mindset around? And we call it changing state. And it it has everything to do with, like you were saying, music. It's find, it's find what changes that state for you. It's effort versus energy. And I'm going to, I'm going to embrace the woo. You know, I'll go down there. I'm very left brain, but I'm going to embrace the woo. woo. So it's effort versus energy. And I, I quit smoking. I was a two pack a day smoker some 30 years ago went to a hypnotherapist, walked out of there going, I'm going to hold on to this pack of cigarettes because I know two packs a day, I'm going to want a cigarette. We worked in mindset. We worked in energy versus effort. She changed how I saw myself, simply changing my state. I walked out of there. I never smoked again. I Mm. literally, after a year, threw that pack of cigarettes away. And I didn't even believe it was possible. So what do I do? Like you, Sandra, it's, it's movies. It's whatever is going to change the state. White knuckling through it does not change your state. It's, it's exactly. effort. It's difficult. It's heavy. It's hard. So go find something that has nothing to do with what's going on and enjoy yourself. I have a girlfriend who has ALS. We are jumping no, we're not jumping out of a plane. I take that back. We are going on a hot air balloon ride. Yeah, no, they're jumping out of the plane. That's oh, what I thought. Come on, that's and so I went, fun. For the love of God, no. Um, oh, we're going on a hot air balloon ride on Tuesday because mm. she she knows there's going to come a time very soon where the limitations step in. So she's simply trying to get as much joy and happy and memory built for her kid between now and that time. Mm-hmm. So go do something that has nothing to do with what the thing is, but that brings you tremendous peace, tremendous joy, and just gets your head out of the game. I agree 100%. I do. So for me, music for sure, Sandra. Um, I have music even that I put on when I need to relax or when I feel frustrated. I just go right to it. And, um, you know, what, what Kimberly just said, you know, even focusing on giving to others, like volunteering, mm-hmm. you know, I know you, you could, we can always find somebody who's, who has a tougher time than we do. So I love what Kimberly said about shifting our attention, not necessarily from ourselves or our lives, but just doing something completely different, giving to someone else who is less than or, or helping someone else, I, I think you know, impacts us dramatically. Um, I do some woo-woo stuff. I have to admit, I have some friends who play crystal bowls. And I don't know if you've ever heard about them, but yes. they are, uh, they've changed my life. So woo-woo or not, when I sit and meditate, and I am even in a room where somebody is playing crystal bowls, and uh, I, they impact me mentally, physically, psychologically, and emotionally. And I go very deep in meditation, and I know it's a source of healing for me. So, you know, everybody has to find what works for them, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in mindset and growth and healing and all these things, everybody has to find what works for them. Affirmations work really well for me too. Do you ladies use affirmations at all? 
Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, There's so many times, you know, you can have a great day. Twelve things in the day happened that were marvelous. That one phone call you get at the office and somebody's crabbing about something, giving you, you know, complaining and something didn't go right and you feel just so deflated. And I even do this with my husband sometimes will say, you know, he just looks at the big picture and I say, narrow it down. If you've got either a to-do list, you know, just put two or three and feel accomplished. If you've had a sucky day, then you go sit down. What was good about today? And write it down. I mean, sometimes physically writing it down. And then what's tomorrow? I'm going to do one thing tomorrow that's going to start my day off. It just sounds so simplistic and so rudimentary. But you know what? Somehow writing down I was able to do X, Y, Z today. I was able to, I have difficulty breathing because of of the issues, the health issues that I do. If I Mm. could walk up a hill or walk up a flight of stairs and I did the whole thing without stopping, that is tremendous for me. I feel so proud and I feel like I have created, I have accomplished the hugest hurdle in the world because I did that. So, you know, for me to be able to write that on just on a piece of paper, I did it. And I can write on a piece of paper. That woman made me so angry. I felt really awful afterwards. I take that piece of paper, crumble it up, throw it away, destroy it. And it's out of my life. So it sounds. See, and I'm going to be like, I'm going to say the awful thing that I do, but I know it's not very nice, but I do it anyway. Um, I just kick people out of my life if they're negative. Like, I don't return oh, yeah. phone calls. You know, I had this one friend I feel really bad because for like two years, I didn't, I didn't, I answered her invitation and said, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I'm busy, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. And then she finally cornered me at a PTA thing. And she's like, I've invited you to like 10 things. You, you always have something to do. Did I do something wrong? Did I do something to hurt your feelings or whatever? Cause I didn't have like, I'm not going to call up somebody and say, Hey, you know, you crabby old whinger. I don't want to listen to you anymore. You're out. (laughs) Right. No, I would just separate out. But I said to her, um, I almost said her name. Uh, um, I'm like, you know, so-and-so. I have a lot going on in my life right now. And whenever we get together, you complain all the time. And I said, you have a husband. I don't, you don't work. I work full time. Your children are grown. My children are young. And as a struggling single mom, taking care of her kids and her dad, soul supporting with no child support. When you complain all the time, all I think is I would be so grateful if I had your life. Mm Mm-hmm. And so now she, she invites me and she doesn't complain. That, you wow. know what, and that, that's beautiful. I, yeah. I, my husband sort of cut his mother out the last few mm. years of her life because mm-hmm. she had gotten very negative. And I love that you were honest about it, Sandra. No, you don't have to go to Facebook and do the, oh, I hate it when certain people, blah, blah, blah. No, it's take it up with the person that can make mm-hmm. a difference. Mm-hmm. You don't have to drop what you're doing. Social media gives us this perception that, you know, it has to be done right now. But <laughs> take it up when given the opportunity as it, it's all process improvement in my world. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. can we improve on this relationship through better communicating? And I love that mm-hmm. you gave her that opportunity. But more importantly, I love that she gave you the opportunity to maintain the friendship by changing her behaviors. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she came to me, you know, I, that's the hard thing. Cause I was like, I would get off the phone with her or we'd be at some school event and I would leave you guys. And I felt like I had a thousand pounds of rocks on my back because she had handed them all to me and I'm not real good. Maybe I'm like, I have like weak boundaries or something, but when people are sad or upset, I feel sad and upset. Like I can't help it. I'm like a human sponge. You're an empath. Yeah. Yeah, you're an empath. Okay. Well, that sounds much better than a sponge. There's a word for that. You know, I think it's really great that we're talking about communication right now because when you think about it, mindset really is the communication that we're doing with ourselves. Yes. And right. And so that's really important because we're, you know, our our whole society and ever since we've been raised, you know, we're always taught to be concerned about the relationship outside of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, finally, now we're, we're just getting to the point where we're understanding that kids need social and emotional literacy in order to be successful in life. And, you know, those of us that are adults need it too. Mm-hmm. So mindset really does, I think, begin with this, you know, I think uh, Robin spoke about the inner voice and the inner critic and just even knowing that exists. So number one, just becoming aware of the inner voice's existence. And then number two is, you know, can you become aware of, of what that inner voice is saying to you? You know, is it friend? Is it foe? So starting there. Well, yeah, because my yeah. initial thing, and then I'm going to go over to, to Kimberly and then to Rob, um, like even today getting the show coordinated, like, you know, last minute I'm sending out the show invites and I, I then I couldn't find, I found my sheet, you know, with everybody's RSVPs on it, you know, and, but in my head I was going, good job, screwed up again. Well, you screwed up again. And I'm like, yeah, I did. I screwed up. I'm like, get over it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> thing in my head. And I'm like, focus, just get the invites out and it'll be fine. There you go. There's a little window into my internal mm-hmm. workings. There you go. Yeah. It, it's, I call it the crap flinging monkey that lives in my head. That's constantly screaming. You're the reason we can't have nice things. Um, oh my gosh. But the reality oh, wait, is. No, and- I got a good one. And this is why you're overweight. Oh, now mine's going to follow up with that. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You're the reason we can't have nice things and your backside's too big. Oh, no. (laughs) I love it. But that's what we do to ourselves. And I, I have had this conversation for decades. And the thing that I keep hammering home, men will never hear this conversation because they don't have it. It's, would you use that language with a beloved five-year-old? If you were responsible for raising a five-year-old, would you take that conversation, kneel down and go, sweetie, (laughs) you're the reason we can't have nice things. (laughs) Or sweetie, when you get 10, you're going to be the size of a couch. Like nobody would say that. Nobody in their right mind would do that to a child, yet we constantly do that to ourselves and we're more willing to leave that conversation and deflect the kindness and the gifts that are, are given to us. It's, you know, no, I, I'm good. I, you know, I deserve my lot in life. <laughs> well, and it's so funny because like I recently had a health checkup and I stood on the scale and the lady's like putting that thing and it's going like click, click, click. <laughs> <laughs> And then she looks at me and she goes, how tall are you? And I'm like, 6'10". Because <laughs> I wanted to be, like, not on that chart. Oh, she didn't get oh, it, but I did. And then I felt yeah. I love that. 
Oh, so what about you, Rob? What rolls around your head that, you know, because the thing is when we say it like that, we all laugh. And the next time it goes mm-hmm. in my head, I'm going to mm-hmm. laugh. I'm literally going to laugh the next oh time. Oh my God. That's right. So many times it, we put so much pressure on ourselves and yeah. And the older I get, the more I'm saying, why? I am wasting half of my life worrying about something that tomorrow is not going to matter. I mean, we, wor- we need to worry about the important things. We need to worry about certain things. But there are so many things we just have to let go and stop putting so much um, guilt. We are the first ones to carry the guilt and um, we have to look at, was this really guilt or is this just really, it happened. It's okay. We're going to tomorrow have another day. I don't know. It depends on the situation, of course, you know, but well, my um, thing is nobody I let go. That's, That's what right. I say. I'm like, nobody died. You know and if I really screwed up, I'm like, Okay, God, you made me in your likeness. You get to fix this. Like, For example, <laughs> we were traveling oh, a couple of years ago. My daughter moved to North Carolina. And we, for, we hadn't been traveling too, too much, my husband and I together, because we'd been working and we, he was working. And we find, he's retired now, and I, we had this, this little getaway. Well, airports being what they are, uh, we did not go from North Carolina north. We went to, from North Carolina to Atlanta got stuck in Atlanta because we had literally a 20 minute window. They put us on a plane 20 minutes to get to the connection. That wasn't going to happen. So we, they comped us for the room. My husband was very upset. And I said, hon, you know, it's okay. We've got a bed. We've got a shower. We can eat. We're fine. You know, we're going to get home tomorrow. We had somebody watching the cat. We didn't have any obligations the next day. Why was that something to worry about? Right, it's a kind it's of a free okay. vacation night. Yeah, yeah. And now he was just coming back um, this week from Albuquerque. And I said, now, hon, <laughs> you may not make the connection. It's okay. And he was like, yeah, I think I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. You know, and, and he was braced for having an extra night. Um, Charlotte, North Carolina, God bless them. We get stuck there every time. But um, mm. yeah, he made it home okay. He ended up through Dallas and then coming home. Um, but it was, you know, we kind of had that conversation. If you miss the connection, it's okay. Okay. And those are the things that you just have to let go, not stress over those kinds of things. Yeah. But so what I hear, Robin, you're talking about trust mm-hmm. here. It is. Right. It is. Isn't this tr- just ba- at a basic level? It's trusting what's happening. It is. It is because what, you know, obviously, if you miss, um, something urgent, you know, that is a concern. And it, but you know what, you're sitting in Atlanta, no matter how, what you're missing, you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to say, maybe it's a phone call instead of being in person. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's rescheduling. Maybe it, I mean, if you're going to a wedding, you know, you might, not get there until the reception or you might be or you can use flowers time yeah That's what i've done there's so many things that it's okay and what you need to do is let it go and say how can i either take advantage of the situation mm-hmm. how can i let go of the angst how can i um 
maybe take this time to be able to catch up on some reading that I need to do for the next meeting that's the day after. I mean, there's so many ways to, to look at a misfortune as an opportunity. That's me and my positive glass half full attitude. Well, and the other side of it is we are hurtling through space tens of thousands of miles an hour on this tiny yeah. little blue planet and we have Thank this perception you. that we have control yep. yeah. over anything yeah. other than our response and the reality is our response is the only thing we have control over mm-hmm. and sometimes and not even that like if i haven't eaten <laughs> oh yeah they're hungry that takes it off the table yeah all bets are off <laughs> yeah but i mean and that's 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 the perception perception change that I really want people to take away from this is it it is an internal job constantly and you've got to stay on top of it it's you don't just brush your teeth once and call it good this is stuff you have to keep doing it's mental health hygiene well and finding some way to frame it in funny like in my head like if you guys could be in my head sometimes like sometimes I'm just laughing and people are like what's wrong with you because you know when you look at stuff like I love the the acronym WTF you know because it's so rude and it's so funny my little Catholic girl upbringing it's like a huge violation for that it violates like both my belief systems and and you know when you sit there and you just go WTF like what the you know and then Okay. Yeah. Because and then the you minute, can say, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the minute you let that go, whatever's next, you can be positive and ready for. The more your baggage you're hanging on to, yes. you can't function for whatever else is, in, is ahead of you. You can't step forward mentally. You can't figuratively be uh, ready for whatever else is there. So that the next subsequent things are going to also be in your mind a failure because you just didn't let go of that simple thing that did not matter. Right. Steph, what do you got? Another method that I use a lot and recommend to my clients is, you know, we always know what's going on. We always know what the problem is. We always know what's pissing us off. So we don't necessarily take the time to pause and say, so what do I want to have happen here? What would I like to see unfold? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do I want this to turn into? And, I, you know, just by, first of all, again, going back to asking ourselves that question, number one, you know, what do I want? What do I need? Um, and then, you know, even being able to communicate that with other people makes a big difference as well. But it's, it's that you know, uh, like I said, we complain, we get stuck, um, we spin our wheels. Uh, we don't realize that that's creating emotion in us. It's creating angst in us. And so we really need to kind of diffuse that and pull the thread apart uh, by starting just by saying, okay, I'm in a pause. Maybe I'm going to breathe. Because I notice when, I'm, when stuff's not going my way, I hold my breath. And I've been called on this lately a lot by a couple of my mentors. And, um, and I, so I'm becoming more aware of the fact that when I get upset or something's not going right or I, even I'm rushing. We're talking about mm-hmm. rushing too and that we need mm-hmm. to slow down. So I'm just starting to become more aware of my breathing patterns, which helps me to relax. And like Robin was saying, it, then it can help better direct me in the right way as mm-hmm. opposed to continuing to be down the rabbit hole. 
Yep. Well, and let's be honest, girls, Ooh. like nobody on the show today is a, sh- is a schmuck. Like everybody here has like quite a bit of success under their belt, you know, whether it's through parenting, counseling, career, or family, long-term marriage, like all of us have hit, you know, that success level. There is a, I'll be honest, there's a big aspect of me that's just spoiled. Like when I don't yeah. get my way, I'm used to maneuver, maneuver, maneuver. Oh, I'll be really <laughs> not my way, get my way. Then I'm like, no, nah, I'm bad. Like, <laughs> and you know, it's worked for me. 50 years I've walked this earth. You know, it's worked for me. You know, I got a thing on my wall that says it's like one of those cartoon character paintings. And she's like, but I always get what I want. <laughs> Not getting what I want, which I found in my divorce and through the court system was a big, poor Rob, Rob had to listen to me every day, but that was a big learning lesson to me to go, am I upset at the situation or am I upset because I'm not getting my way and more often than not, I'm not getting my way. Right. I'm going to throw something out and blow, blow some minds here. Um, how many of you carry like anger, sadness, any of those negative emotions past the event? Like oh, it pissed me off back there. <laughs> right. Right. Cause we're all human. So sure. Embracing the woo. Reiki has taught me amazing mm. things in life. And one of them is just for today, I will not anger. And I extend that to every negative emotion. Here's the reason. If you're experiencing a negative emotion right now for any reason, it's not the thing. The thing is not the thing. What you're experiencing is an anchor to an emotion that you allowed to take over. Anything beyond anxiety is anchored to the past. You are behaving as if this is happening again. If it's anxiety or fear, you are anchored to the future. So you are pushing that energy out forward into the future. So you're either in the past or you're in the future with these negative emotions. The bottom line is if you are in the moment and truly present in everything, you will find every experience is neutral until you put a value on it. True. True. Yep, I you learned that one time value. in I was yep. driving up the canyon to tell these people, they were old, they were like in their 80s and they were selling their house they raised their children in, like this whole big thing. And I had to tell them their escrow fell out for like the fifth time. And I'm driving up, like peeing my pants, ready to cry. By the time I got to the door, I worked myself into such a snip that she opened the door and had me sit down, gave me a glass of water and a Kleenex. (laughs) And then I told her, you know, her house fell through again. And she said, oh, I'm so relieved. My husband (gasps) want to stay here. We don't want to move to a condo. What wonderful news. And she's like, I had stressed myself out to the gills. And it was all in my head. Yep. All wow. started with a thought. Then the thought spiraled. Like, oh my God, you're going to give the old man a heart attack. Like, I'm going through this whole scenario. You're going through your, your emergency responder mental notes. Yes. Going, you know, now what do I do? I'm going to screw up their life for the fifth time. Not the fourth, not the third, not the second. You know, and now when I look back, like as a, as a more conscious adult, I go, okay, all of those were happening for a reason that they yeah. felt the people really didn't want to sell, even though they said they did. So, you know, but at the time you're like, oh my God, I'm just a grim reaper of real estate at the door. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) So, I mean, that's a really good example, Sandra, of how much power we have 
over ourselves, right? That we don't realize because a lot of it's unconscious. What is it? We have like between 60 and 90,000 thoughts, right? Running through our head per day. I don't think day. I have that many. I read you that. You do. Sometimes I stare off into space for hours. <laughs> There's still stuff coming through unconsciously and subconsciously. And so when we're aware of this stuff, I think, like I said, we really have to tap in and ask ourselves, you know, when we're having a thought about something, I kind of challenge myself and go, you know, does that feel good? Like, does, is this feeling good for you right now? No, it's, this is not working for me. So, and sometimes I even take myself to the mirror and I just like, what are you doing? Okay, let's I like call myself out. I have to go back to the math. 67 what? to 70,000 thoughts. It's like 60, 60 to 90. <laughs> right, whatever that is. It's like try to do 60 to 70,000 anything. We don't take that many breaths. We don't, you know, like I don't even know how many red blood cells I have, but I mean, that's a lot. I, you know, and I've seen that. I saw that on my report, one of my articles. I'm like, and then I started checking, thought, checking, thought, thought. checking. <laughs> <laughs> you try to count. Know. I don't know. What do you count as a thought? Like, that's it. Like, you know, if you think three different things, that's to me the same thought train, but is that classified oh. as three different thoughts? Not according to my husband. <laughs> mm. <laughs> He's had difficulty following me for years. <laughs> so stay focused. Is reading yeah. when we read something, is that considered a thought? We internalize it, yeah. Yeah, every, absolutely. We are taking in, and when they're saying thoughts, what they're actually saying, it's, it's sensory input. We are pulling in oh. the temperature of the air around us, how the clothes feel against our skin. Right now I have the fan on and, you know, it, we are taking in all that data at once. The human I brain it. Okay, that makes only, more sense. Yeah, only capable of filtering through six to seven items at a time, or we'd go blinking mad. I mean, truly. So... Okay, yeah, but look, so look what our kids are doing. Ten minutes left in the show, um, sure. just for a time standpoint. I want to ask, I'm going to go to Robin first. Um, what, and I'm going to ask all three of you the same question. So, you know, Rob gets put in the hot seat. Um, Thanks. What do you think <laughs> was the biggest challenge for you to control your mindset and make it work for you? For me, it was the court years when I was getting divorced and dragged in and out of court. My mother was dying of cancer. And, you know, I just felt like a mental ping pong ball. Whatever somebody said to me, the lawyer tells me jump, I jump. The lawyer tells me to sit, I sit. Mm -hmm. And I really abdicated a lot. And as a result, I kind of lost my mind. Well... Probably when we were trying to diagnose my cancer, that waiting in that anticipation was the worst. And you go online and you read every horror story in the world. They couldn't type the cancer. I knew there was a tumor in me. I knew how big it was. And um, whether or not it was malignant or benign was the problem. And then what type of cancer was it? Um, it was really difficult to hone in from, cause my kids were still young. Um, I had just, uh, for, had it been a couple of years, we had just moved in to take care of my mother. Um, and here I was looking at needing God knows what, um, it was difficult to focus. It was difficult. And I, I organized myself and the only way I was able to, um, control what was, 
beyond my control was to take in what I could control. I became extremely organized. Who's picking up the kids today, tomorrow? Who said, oh, gee, if there's anything I can do, yes, let me take down your name and number. I'll call you on Tuesday. And I had a whole calendar on my refrigerator of people who volunteered and said they could do something. And I wouldn't call them every day, but I'd alternate it and be able to say, all right, I need to rest today. I can't go pick up the kids and bring them to wherever. Mrs. So-and-so said she could do it. Take, took her up on it. Not only did they feel good because they were able to help, I felt good because I was doing what my body needed. And for me to organize what I could organize and control helped me get through until we were able to face what I did have to control. Once we knew what it was, I was ready for battle. And I said, tell me what is what the protocol will be. Tell me what we've got to do. I was ready for battle. And here I am 20 years later, still standing. Yay. Beautiful. Yeah. How about you, Steph? Um, you and I talked about this once. But probably I would say um, my mom's uh, transition, my mom's passing. Mm -hmm. Um, she didn't, there weren't a lot of people that she would allow to assist. So I had a lot on my shoulders and, um, you know, she let a couple friends help, but, um, I can really relate to what Robin was just saying in regards to that, because the conversation that I needed to have with myself was on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, there were so many unknown factors and so many things coming from so many different directions, so many things that needed to be done. Uh, and a lot of things out of my control that I, I didn't have yeah. control over. So, you know, having agreements with my mom really helped. And here are the things that, that I can do. And and some of these other things I cannot. So, you know, are you going to have your Mahjong friends do it? Or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. really having some strong, you know, and there weren't many, but just a few boundaries. So that helped. Um, and also just... Um, you know, giving myself inspiration and motivation. I had a quote inside my mom's house when I would walk into her house each day and I taped it to her cupboard and it said, um, you must do what you think you cannot do. And that's the first thing I would do when I walked into her house is I would go and be with the quote and think about it. And I'd say, okay, you know, it was kind of my pep talk to myself. So, um, and then in between taking care of her, just doing like extreme self-care, lots of walks on the beach, lots of hiking, lots of riding my bike, um, lots of uh, spending time with my beloved. And, um, you know, so that was, that's probably one of the most difficult things. How about you, Kimberly? You know, I got sidelined for two years with menopause. Um, we've talked about it. I have OCD, I'm bipolar, and then you throw hormones into the mix. I thought, I, I honestly thought I would breeze through with my healthcare background, my behavioral background. I thought I would breeze through menopause and it would just be a tiny little hiccup. It sidelined me completely. And what I learned was, like you, Sandra, I'm not used to not getting my way. Mm -hmm. I can make mm -hmm. stuff happen that's what I'm known for right you can't force your health you can't push it you can't pull it you have to be present with it allow the process to unfold and really embrace being present with it 
And I tried for the first year and a half fighting every step of the way. And the last 12 months have literally been about just letting go. And I wake up in the morning and I have, and this is going to sound terrible. My quote is, there's no shame in quitting. I'm going to get up and do this for now, whether this is brushing my teeth, whether it's getting dressed, whether it's working with a client, whether it's marketing, whatever it is, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this right now while I have the energy, while I have the wherewithal, while I have the desire and the ability. And there's no shame in quitting. I will do what I can while I can. I will no longer tear myself under trying to meet my ridiculous standards that I hold no one else to. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I'm the first one to stand up and say, take care of you, do good things for you. And in yeah. the background, I'm like, keep going, keep going, keep going. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm the reason I can't have nice things and, and my backside is too big now. Thanks, Sandra. Um, but that, that is the truth of it. It's, I have learned to just truly accept everything at face value, mm -hmm. don't look any further, and just what can I do with this right here, right now? And if I have to walk away, I walk away, and I'm good. I'm absolutely good. good. So you guys have all these great tools. Like, I cried a lot, Rob. Like, yeah. You know, I cried a lot. That's that was one of my go-to moves. Like, and it did. It made me feel better, and I could sleep. It was your release. You were able to release that way, yeah. and you were able to shed what you had to. Everybody sheds in a different way. That's right. Crying is a big one for me too. Don't get me wrong. And and uh, and I feel great about it because I feel better afterward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My workouts help too. You know, I'll be honest, yes. like, you know, uh, I'm spin certified now, but you know, t back in those days I was taking spin classes and exercise classes. Like they were, you know, like, I don't know, vitamins, but they kind of were, you know, and they, yeah. I found, you know, at certain times, like I remember I took, I studied martial arts during that time too. In my Krav Maga class, I remember punching like with, with my partner, and she was this big, tall girl. And every time she would kick me, she'd knock me flat on my back. And I'd get up and she'd kick the bag again and I'd fall down. And it was like, you know, getting kicked down like 20 times. And then she was holding the bag and I'm punching, 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 punching. And I had no idea, like tears were streaming oh. down my face. Like all of this release. And I actually punched yeah. so hard that I, I fractured my wrist. Um, wow. So then I went back to the class with my wrist at my chest and punched with the other <laughs> That's a Chubba song, you know, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Yep, there, there you go. go. <laughs> you know, and I only have one arm. And I only have one arm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, this has been super fun. Um, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Kimberly Rinaldi, Stephanie Dumont, Robin Boyd. Um, I'm just going to go to each of you real quick. Let our listeners know where they can reach you and find out more about you. Kimberly. KimberlyRinaldi.com. Stephanie? Stephanie, go to, I'm with Conscious and Carefree, the letter B, the word carefree.com, B-C-A-R-E-F-R-E-E.com. Stephanie Dumont, thanks. And how about you, Rob? Well, a couple of places, probably robinkboyd.com or militarymomtalkradio.com. We love that. All right, ladies, thank you. We'll see you again next week. Thank you, Robin. Thank Bye. you. Thank you, Kimberly. Thanks, Sandra. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, 
and techniques on Coach.